you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do, or maybe you just struggle to stay healthy in general. This is the Road to Health podcast, and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my dreams and goals a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing a healthier mindset, I'm managing to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. How are you doing today. I hope you're doing well. I have some super exciting things going on. It's been a fantastic week. I have an exciting guest today, which I'm going to get into shortly. But first, I wanted to start off uh, telling you a little bit about the Mensana course that I'm offering. So uh, Mensana is Latin for healthy mind in a healthy body. And it basically teaches you how to beat procrastination and get more done in less time and actually take control of how you think, feel, and act to create the best 90 days of your life. And I've been running a group through this. I'm actually doing two groups right now. And the first group, let me tell you, uh, the visions that they created after the second session is just amazing. Um, I just, I was blown away as I asked everybody to share what their visions were. Um, we talk about how to determine your ikigai, which is your reason for being. And it it literally gave us all in the group goosebumps. Um, it really takes, you know, what you're good at, um, what you'd like to be doing to make money. And it, it, it takes that and creates a vision for you. And then we get into goal setting, which we go into more depth within the program. But it was just such a surreal experience because when, you know, it's why I love coaching so much. When you get to deal with people who really want to make some changes with their lives, right? They want to learn what it's like to be fully committed, how to no longer procrastinate, how to get rid of that negative thinking, how to handle stress and manage your emotions, right? And how to accept your current reality and start heading towards your preferred reality and the life you want to live. It is just, it fills my cup. It uh, it really solidifies that what I'm doing today is what I absolutely adore doing. Um, I love working with people. And I just wanted to share that because it was extremely special just hearing all this and seeing the progress that everybody is making in the group. And if you're interested, September 12th is going to be when the new next group starts. It is a Saturday and so if you want any information um, and we have any spaces left, make sure you shoot me an email, info at theroadtohealth.me, and I can let you know if there's any spots left. I do like to keep it to a minimum of 10 people just because uh, the group can help keep each other accountable, and I want to make sure it's a safe place for everybody to absolutely put their whole heart into it. So today I have another special guest for you, Sarah Smith. She's a singer songwriter from Canada. So that makes me even happier. It was super awesome 
to sit down with Sarah. We talked about, you know, the vulnerability in her music. Um, she's got a song, one of my favorite one is Stronger Now, so make sure you check that out on Spotify. I'm going to leave some links in the show notes as well so it's easier to find. So we talked about that. Um, you know, she tells us about her childhood and the all-in mentality, which I can completely relate to because I was the same way growing up. Uh, we talk about her struggles with addiction and, of course, how music has changed her life. So it was so great having her on the show. I hope you enjoy our chat just as much as I did. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am hanging out with Sarah Smith, who is a singer-songwriter. How are you doing, Sarah? Oh, I'm doing so good today. I feel alive and healthy and happy. And all those are good things. Now, I I was listening to a few of your songs actually the other day, and I was Stronger Now is probably the one that I, I listened to a few times, because when I hear a song I like, I just start listening to it over and over when I go in for walks. But I love how vulnerable you are with your music. Um, so why don't you start off by telling us about yourself? You know, what was life growing up for you like? Um, looking back on my childhood, I would say that life growing up was um, fun, adventurous, and I would say I had a, a healthy, happy upbringing. Um, now, that's not to say that it doesn't come with some sort of dysfunction. Each family, I think, has um, dysfunction. My parents raised me, um, you know, to be in a Christian household, and we shared a lot of time together. We living on a farm, we were sheltered. Uh, we had to cook together, bake together, uh, work on the farm together, clean the house together. So it was me and my three siblings and my mom and dad. Um, you know, as as a person now looking back, I can say that I took the role of the the um you know the person that just wanted to succeed and excel at everything so i was sort of also the middleman so i would always try to be the peacekeeper of the family as well um so that was kind of my role my role was always to stay positive and have a positive outlook and try to help everybody to be happy um now <laughs> as a as an adult i can say that that creates um, codependency it creates enabling yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it can it can also create um, unrealistic attitude um, so I didn't really know what my real feelings were until um, when I was about 14 my father got ill uh, mentally ill and he tried to take his life and my mom found him and that was sort of the pinnacle moment of change in our family. Um, everything came crashing down. All this goody-goody family life that I thought we had, um, the truth was finally shown. And we did have a little bit of dysfunction. And as a family, we had to try and fix that. My first initial response was, everything is okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah. And... Uh, um, and that was the role I, I, I walked around with. So I put all my energy into excelling at school and trying to be at the top of my class. Uh, I was in music programs. I was in all the sports and I was getting the sports awards and I was having a part-time job and I was having boyfriends and I was having parties and um, I just was trying to excel at everything. And uh, my grade, you know, seven, phys ed teacher he pulled me aside and he said 
you know, Sarah, I know you're not okay. And I know what happened. And do you want to talk about it? And I remember feeling, uh, I guess, my first panic attack because somebody knew my secret that I wasn't okay. <laughs> and that was the first time that I was ever allowed myself to become vulnerable. And I cried and shook and, you know, and allowed myself to be weak and to admit that I wasn't okay. So I would say that that was like a, a pinnacle moment for me. Wow. I feel like you're sharing my story because, you know, I, I was the same way. I had a really great family growing up and, you know, my dad always encouraged me and pushed me. I played every single sport you could possibly think of and I was involved in everything and everything was an all in like a have to do this, right? I was a people pleaser. I, the enabler thing, like I'm just, when you're talking about it, I'm like, she's talking about me. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I grew up and it wasn't until I hit 14 where I didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I fit in. And even though I had all these people around me that loved me, there was something inside that just felt off. Right. And I turned to alcohol and drugs for comfort because I thought, okay, something has to be better than this. And I remember getting drunk for the first time and thinking like my my world turned from black and white to color and everything was just like, okay, I can actually be now who I think people want me to be. And I stopped being myself for a very long time. Now you had struggles and addiction as well, didn't you? Yes, for sure. And that is when it started for me as well. So um, when I started to feel the real feelings, they were too much for me. And I found that, you know, going out and partying and drinking and using um, to me was just, uh, it kind of made me the cool person. For one thing, I got attention that I was looking for. It made me the bigger kind of big Sarah, like confident, big, bold Sarah. And that's what I wanted to put out there. And, and it definitely became a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's, that was the beginning of my use as well. And eventually, um, the fun times, the partying and everything, when you're like almost 40 years old, it's no longer uh, cool. You know, it takes over your life and it becomes hell. So I can say that addiction was definitely a huge part of my whole entire story. And um, now I would say that sobriety is a huge part of my story. Yeah, I would agree. So what inspired you to change eventually? Because I just... I hit a point where I wanted to die. I just thought everybody around me would be better if I don't exist. And for some reason, instead of doing that, I just thought there's got to be something more out there. Like I need to ask for help. So what inspired you to finally make a decision to turn your life around? When I was 20 years old, I had just recently quit the military. I was at the Royal Military College. That was what I was going to do with my life. I was GI Jane. And I was going to kick butt and uh, be a hero. <laughs> and during my first year, my officer took me aside and he said, uh, you know, I don't really think the military is for you. Why don't you pursue your music? <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, but I'm uh, G.I. Jane. <laughs> yeah. I, I could keep up to everybody and I could do, you know, I was a great leader and I could do all the, the athletic things that they needed me to do but my heart was fragile my heart was sensitive um I cried a lot and I just realized that you know once he said I could do music for a living um 
being from a small town and sheltered on a farm, nobody told me I could do music for a living. As soon as I found that out, boom, I quit the military and music it was. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like 20 years old and I got married young um, to my bandmate. And we were starting a band together. And the person that we were in the band with was sober. And he said, you know, Sarah, if you want to be a musician, you better learn how to live a a better life than you're living. Um, I recommend you might come to a meeting with me. So we went to a meeting together. And uh, I heard everybody's story. And it all sounded like my story. I could relate. And at that time, I surrendered. And I said, okay, I need help. And I actually stayed sober for seven years in my early 20s. Wow. Yeah, seven years I was sober. And so I knew then that that I had a problem and I knew that that there was an answer out there for me. But when I was 27, 28, you know, I felt like I had missed out on all the fun times of a of my youth. And uh I dove in head head like head in, dove right in there and uh hoop, hooped it up for a while. <laughs> you know. I was in and out of sobriety. I always felt more connected to spirit or to uh, the creative source. I felt very connected to energy. I felt connected to my music. I felt connected better to human beings when I was sober. I felt like uh, I was living my good girl kind of life that that I felt like I was destined to live. Mm -hmm. Um, But I fought it because I just wanted to be, you know, that bold um, attention seeking, um, confident me that I couldn't find without drugs and alcohol. Right. So I was in and out of the program for 10 years and I eventually got into hard drugs Mm -hmm. and, um, I couldn't get off them. And I was, you know, that I was that ever powerful compulsive liar that stood on stages and shared my story. And, uh, Really, really thought I was speaking the truth, but inside I knew better. Um, I was a fraud, and and I wasn't this good girl that I let on that I was. Um, I tried really hard to be. It's very shameful when you get off a stage and you go and you start using again or whatever. You know it's wrong, but um, when you're doing it, for anybody that doesn't know what addiction is, when you're doing it, it just feels um, like it makes you feel normal. At a certain point, you don't get high or drunk anymore. You just get normal. So I would just use it to maintain that normal feeling. Like, okay, I feel okay now. I'm okay. Um, so that is why a lot of addicts get stuck in, in the constant cycle of using is because it doesn't make you feel anything but normal after mm-hmm. a while. Uh, anyway, it was my conscious that was the thing that helped me clean up for the last time. My conscious told me, you're, you're not living your best life. This is not what you were destined to be. You have a better purpose. You have a destiny to fulfill. You are worthwhile. You are strong. You have a story to tell. And you have some truth to bear. And it's time that you, you share that with people. Mm-hmm. And so how long have you been sober now? It's uh, been um, three and a half years. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. And, you you know, relapse isn't, you know, I'm very fortunate, isn't part of my story yet, but I've worked with a lot of people who it is. And, you know, once you get that feeling of, okay, I know how I can do this. I know the life I'm getting because of it. 
It is. It's difficult. Like I can't imagine, you know, if I went back out, I'm so fearful my pride would keep me out because it's like, well, I can't come back now. I mean, you know, I had these, you know, I have eight years now. I can't, I can't do that. But, um, you know, I, I remember really clearly what it was like, you know, when it was only drinking and then it moved to harder drugs. And you're right, that feeling of, like I would wake up in the morning not knowing whose house I was at and there was crack pipes lying on the floor and I'm like, where am I? And how did I get here? And going home to my life, and I thought I was pretty normal because I was, um, until I started using harder drugs, I was very functioning alcoholic. But, you know, looking back now, I'm like, how did I end up there? Like that, you know, I, I didn't care though. It is If I had a fix, nothing else mattered, you know, so it's um it's really nice and i think it's such a gift to be able to talk to people who are fellow addicts and you talk about that feeling and you know because you understand and there's something that just fills my cup up you know about talking to somebody else who's been through the same thing that i have so absolutely so and that's why that's why there's such things as recovery programs because there's a whole bunch of people sitting in a room or nowadays on a zoom meeting and they're sharing they're sharing in something that is that was so that took away their life and together they're creating new lives and they're mm-hmm. sharing those that strength from their pain and that is a community right there yeah absolutely so how has music changed your life because obviously it's been such a huge part everything's been mixed together but how has music helped in all this Music has always been the sound of my heart. It's always been the words of my heart, the music of my heart. It's been the feelings and it all comes out through songs and I can't explain it to you. I don't know where it comes from. I am just so lucky that it comes to me because um, it has been my my creative outlet. You know, we've always been told that a part of therapy and a part of Um, recovery is to find an outlet Um, some people draw some people exercise I love to exercise as well and yoga and there's outlets healthy outlets that help you Um, I'm just so fortunate that music has always been that healthy outlet so even at my lowest points I could still um, connect to that creative energy and write music so music has been my life my lifelong companion my um, therapy it's been my um, my love it's been my answers it's been my pillow to cry on and it's it's been my warm blanket to make me feel better Um, you know so just the fact that that's just songwriting then there's all the other beautiful parts of music which is performance and the adventures that music takes you on when we used to be able to tour (laughs) (laughs) yes back in the day (laughs) (laughs) and you know we might never tour again I have no idea but but I definitely can say that if I never tour again I have had quite the amount of adventures (laughs) on the road (laughs) I could well imagine. So what is it like being on the road? Because I mean, I know from traveling, I think before this whole thing started, I was on the road five, five out of seven weeks. And so I didn't have a lot of time at home. So you kind of get used to having to adapt. And I know I need to create healthier lifestyles. Because if I see, 
treats or burgers or fries or anything i'm all in you know it doesn't matter what it is i'm i can be addicted to anything pretty much and so i've really had to watch what i do so how do you manage because you tour what when you're touring 300 days out of the year yes that's that's no exaggeration and it's been i've been doing that since i was 20 i've been working like up to 300 or plus days a year on music um so i mean the largest tours we go on now because we all have families at home and it's unfair to our families to be away for, you know, longer than a certain amount of time. I think the longest tour we do now is five weeks straight. Uh, but then, you know, we were home for a couple of weeks, then we're back out again. So that's kind of what we do. Um, you know, touring is, is pretty hilarious because you get all pumped up, you're all ready to go. And then, you sit in a van and do nothing for hours at a time <laughs> <laughs> or you get to the venue and you sit there and do nothing for hours at a time or then you get to the hotel then you sit there and you do nothing the whole time you know it's just it's a lot of what they call hurry up and wait um you know you have to be on time and then you have to wait your time to shine wait for your time to shine. So there's a lot of downtime and a lot of people don't know what to do with downtime. And I think this, this whole crisis that's happening is, is making people see that shit, maybe I need to figure something out for my downtime. I yeah. am the queen of keeping myself busy. <laughs> I love yoga, exercise, meditation. I love reading. I love going for walks. I love reaching out and chatting to people just old-fashioned chatting i love chatting i love podcasts i love you know um i love cooking i love doing my laundry at hotels i love giving you know my buddies like massages if something's hurting on them or um you know i like long showers i know i'm not a very good earth person right now but i like long showers and uh, <laughs> I like sorting through my clothes, you know, like there's just all sorts of crazy, silly things you do on the road that when you're sober, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's other things you can do when you're not sober. I know, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, I can imagine there's a big difference there because I know just the difference in what I've done. And today I struggle with that probably the most is doing too much because since this whole thing happened, I'm like, okay, great. You know, I'm not flying anymore. I don't have to commute. I'm not spending hours in the car. So I'm going to create content and I'm going to create a course and I'm going to sign up for this class and this class. And I'm going to take on this workout routine. Like, and at a certain point I hit a wall and I'm like, okay, this is the universe's way of saying you need to slow down mm -hmm, <laughs> because you're mm -hmm. going to kill yourself. Um, mm -hmm. So for you, I, I can imagine it's very similar that it's like this all in thing. Or do you have moments where you're like, okay, I got to relax. And how do you do that? You know what, I actually have to remind myself almost, almost hourly, that life is not a race that if we're racing, we're racing to the end. And what's at the end of life, it's death. And I, I don't want to race to death. I want to live and enjoy. So the thing that I would say is that I've been working on um, mindfulness and doing everything with an open and um, pure and creative mind. So even doing a dish, you know, actually feeling the warm water on my hands and feeling the way the soap cleans the dish and wiping the, the dish in round mo movements. And then, um, you know, 
rinsing it off with nice warm water and putting it properly in the rack. Like that's one dish. That's mindfulness. And um, I can tell you that that does make things a lot less um, hyperactive or ADD. And it, it creates a more relaxed atmosphere. I can honestly say that I am a peaceful person. And I used to be a crazy, high energy baby goat. (laughs) 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 And I, I think some people still think I am that. Yeah. Um, But to me, I've slowed down. Like I'm like a grandma now and I'm like relaxed and I'm at peace and I still get a lot of things accomplished in a day, but I do them peacefully. Mm -hmm. And there's no manicness. No, and that's fantastic. So do you do a lot? Do you do all this stuff when you are traveling too to kind of unwind? Like, do you have a routine that you do on the road? Oh, yes, um, I do. I have a routine. Um, My routine is always basically waking up and doing yoga and meditation. That's like my number one. I try my hardest to um, get uh, at least 30 to 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day of exercise. And I use, I try really hard to get outside for that exercise. Um, you know, reading before bed is a big one for me. Listening to inspirational podcasts or um, YouTube segments. I do that either at the gym or while we're driving. Those are some things that I do every day. Oh, and, and of course, uh, eating. Like di- My diet lifestyle choice is, is vegan. And I've mm-hmm. been vegan for quite a few years. And uh, that's my uh, my one focus also during the day that's a healthy focus. Mm-hmm. And what made you, because I have a lot of friends now who have gone plant-based lifestyle. What made you go into that kind of lifestyle? Um, basically, uh, when I quit drinking and using and smoking cigarettes, I also quit meat the same day. <laughs> of course. Uh, that was my all or nothing <laughs> attitude. Um, I was so sick of being sick. I had... Um, not to go into too many details, but I was sick physically, mentally, spiritually. I had chronic uticaria, which is hives. I had hives all over my body. I had had them for seven years and there was nothing that would make it go away. And all the doctors told me that it was, you know, chronic and it's never going to go away. And I said, you know, you're wrong. It's going to go away. And I did everything I could to clean up my life and clean up my body and clean up my health. And guess what? It went away. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. Exactly. So that my number one thing really was the uticaria, the the hives. And, you know, if you've ever had to go to sleep wearing oven mitts because you itch your skin so much, yeah, it's, it's awful. Um, So supposedly dairy um, and processed foods do have something to do with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, recently actually went keto about, I think it was February, I went to Mexico and I had probably four or five mango smoothies a day, which is loaded with sugar. (laughs) And, you know, but I think because I'm not drinking, it's okay, right? I can get Mm. away with that kind of stuff. And then I remember I was standing at the omelet counter. I'm like, okay, I'll have a nice omelet with some veggies in it and stuff and the the pastry. the stand was right there and I'm like oh and I grabbed a couple of pastries and I actually ate them while I was standing there because I was afraid to go back to the table and show my spouse what I had actually mm. grabbed and then I mm. put one in my purse because I could save one for later <laughs> and 
It was funny. I was listening to a podcast and I was laying in the sun that afternoon and they talked about how carbs for some people are much like, you know, a drug or alcohol addiction. And when he said, you know, you would never give an alcoholic two beer and tell him just maintain, you know, just drink these two beers a day and you'll be fine. I know I can't do that. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, table dancing a few hours later and then just not knowing where I am the next morning um, <laughs> because that's how I roll. But um, after I came back from that trip, I thought, okay, you know what? I got to start making changes and be a little bit more open-minded about the foods I intake. And I've always been very, you know, I like um, fitness. I work out in the morning and I really work to have a better lifestyle, but it was the carbs that I would get hung up on. And I'm like, okay, I need to start getting open-minded and actually change what I'm doing and what I'm eating. And I'm also getting some help from some friends that are plant-based and they give me some advice. So I may actually try it soon and see how my body feels with that. But I think it's so important to be open-minded and really realize that food is our fuel. Food is our healing mechanism, me mechanism, and it does so much more for uh, for us than just filling us up. Absolutely, and also the other thing to to keep in mind, um, because one thing that kickstarted my my vegan lifestyle was also the keto diet. And I went on the keto diet and I found it was just meat, 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 meat. And I got skinny, 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 skinny. And then I realized that skinny does not equal healthy. Yeah. Always. Skinny does not equal healthy. And I got so sick of meat and I realized what I was eating and I don't want to eat flesh anymore. Yeah. And and I just said, enough, enough of this craziness. I just want to be healthy and feel happy and allow nothing to get in the way of, of creative energy flowing through me. Right. And that's why I went plant-based too. Yeah, I hear it works for so many people. And I try to always be mindful about what I'm putting in my body because mm -hmm. I tried um, for a challenge once the um, meat, like carnivore diet, I only made it two weeks because I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this anymore. I need my veggies. And so now I have a nice balance of, you know, chicken and spinach. And yeah. I just try and lower the, the unhealthy carbs that I'm eating. So, you know, right now, obviously, we're in such a strange time. And it must be a lot different for you because you're used to being out on the road. But what are you doing to stay positive right now? Uh, I've only had a few moments of not staying positive. For me, this has been an absolutely blessed time. I have never had a vacation in my life. And this is the time where I get to be at home and I get to wear my pajamas all day if I want. And I get to be creative and be that little girl that I always wanted to just have fun um, with music. So I feel like I'm just having fun every day. I'm, I'm recording little ideas and I'm doing videos and I'm learning how to play lead guitar and, um, I just feel like this little girl in a, in a playground every day. And so for me, it's been easy to stay positive. The other, the other thing is that um, uh, my partner is working still at the bank every day. And, you know, when I was working a lot, she was there for me, always like supporting me and loving me and making sure I was happy and making sure I was fed well. And she was so supportive. And so now, the tables have turned and now I'm the one that has to make sure she's happy and I'm cooking for her and cleaning as much as I can and making sure that when she gets home that the, that she can breathe a sigh of relief and feel loved. And so that gives me purpose, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, I totally, I have friends that are in the uh, healthcare profession and they're going out and same thing, right? Their spouses are like, okay, now it's my turn to step up. And I think that's the great part about being a podcaster is I get to talk to so many amazing people. And right now it feels like a lot of them are just give, 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 give. You know, I just um, interviewed a coach this morning and he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this free thing to your listeners right now because I know a lot of people are unemployed and I'm just like, this is amazing, you know, what actually comes out. And I feel the same way. Like, what can I do for people right now? Because that fills my cup up when I can help people. So. Absolutely. Thank you for doing what you're doing. (laughs) And it's great. Yeah, it, it feels good. And it's just being able to talk to so many amazing people is just, it's incredible. It's, it almost seems surreal sometimes, you know, because I, you know, going through addiction and, not feeling like I belonged and you know even I still have these limiting beliefs that it's like okay I I want to I'm a life coach now and I'm a podcaster but nobody's going to take me serious you know and it kind of it's almost those things that I used to beat myself down about before it still creeps back every once in a while but I have to remember you know look what I've accomplished and I can help other people with my story. And that's why I was so grateful for you to come on the show, because I think sharing our stories and being vulnerable actually makes people realize that they're not alone in this world. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the coolest things ever was John, uh, our friend, our mutual friend, John. He had me on his podcast and we did a story uh, together. He's my bandmate on the road, right? Yeah. So for me, it was very candid and open and we just talked like we normally talked. And then John released it. And then I realized that I had just like spewed out my entire life story, including all my addiction problems and all the fraud. And, and I was like, oh, no, what if people judge me and they are mad at me and I mentioned some things about my family that that weren't so nice and and why did I do that and oh my god oh my god oh my god but I realized that I got the most support from that that outing that cleaning of my closet than I've ever had in my life people people want to relate yeah Absolutely. And that's this show is about, you know, me falling, me getting up, me trying it again. You know, what can I try that's new? How can I stay open minded or learn from other people? And I never want to stop learning because I know I'm for I don't know if you feel this way, but I kind of feel like I have these goals. And once I hit them, there's another one and there's another one and there's another one like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so I'm like, you know, you were it's that wanting to overachieve and I just got to mm-hmm. take these baby steps and do these habits every single day. That'll be, bring me one step closer to that. Mm-hmm. Lovely advice. So, but, um, so how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more, they want to listen to your music? You can find me online everywhere. Just write in Google search, Sarah Smith music, Sarah with an H, um, sarahsmithmusic.com. Sarah Smith Music on Facebook, Sarah Smith Music Instagram, Sarah Smith Music on Twitter, Sarah Smith everything all over the world. <laughs> I love that you keep it simple because yeah. <laughs> easy to find and make sure you listen to her music. It's absolutely beautiful. Like I said, I love how vulnerable you are and it just some of the songs I was listening to, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cry now because I kind of feel like she's 
singing about me and stuff like that. So oh, wow. I just, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tamara. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was great to chat with Sarah. And like I said, make sure you go check out the show notes and you can download some of her music on Spotify. I'll provide the links for you. And yeah, it's, you know what, addiction uh, runs wild in a lot of us. And I think, unfortunately, some people may not even realize that they've got addiction problems. It's something that I chat with people fairly regularly about because addiction can come in so many different forms. So if you're struggling with something and you just see these patterns that continue to happen over and over and you're looking for some solutions, make sure you reach out. I may have a solution for you. I am happy to do a free introductory call. Uh, email me at info at the road to health dot me or of course you can go to the website www.theroadtohealth.me forward slash coaching and book a call through my webpage. And I hope you guys stay safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to empower and inspire you to build a firm belief in your own ability to change your life and start achieving your goals. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free consultation call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. When you're there, make sure you sign up for my five steps to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe and healthy.